and welcome to the Mike O'Brien Show. I am Mike O'Brien in Boston, Massachusetts. Thank you to our, our house band, of course, New Edition, with the lovely Candy Girl, one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, the, the lovely Jeff Taylor down in Celebration, Florida. How's things in Celebration, Florida? Uh, just as you said, lovely. 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 Yes, the lovely Jeff Taylor is in the lovely Celebration, and I'm Lots happy. of lovely. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Do you know why it just hit me as I had a flashback of Candy Girl in Florida and whatever? One of my 10 to 12 jobs I had while I lived in Orlando, Florida, was at um, the, the, the fam- what's a famous toy store in Big? FAO uh, Schwartz. FAO Schwartz that was on iDrive uh, back in the day. And I was in the candy section all the time, and they just had a montage of candy songs, and Candy Girl was one of them. And it was just, I could... A good ship lollipop, candy girl. I can't think of the other two, but those are the two that really stick out of my head. And I would just listen to that song for the the montage for eight hours. It was like a minute long loop, and it would just constantly go. When you worked at FAO Schwartz, did they give you the history of FAO Schwartz? Because it's very interesting. They did not. No. So I mean, maybe they did. I forgot it. I can't remember the guy's name, but his last name was Schwartz, and he owned back in the day. He owned the first ever porn store in New York City called For For Adults Only. And that's what the FAO and FAO Schwartz stands for. I think you're lying. What makes you think that? Because that is. Because <laughs> the transition from porn to toys is ridiculous. Although that is, I mean, <laughs> it, there's stories like that, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe that not that drastic. But how did you come up with who told you that crazy? I just story? came up with it right now. I was like, no, FAO Schwartz. Yes, I did. I was like, FAO Schwartz. What could that stand so for? So when you heard the letters here. FAO, you thought for adults only. Is I the can't first explain the way my of. brain works, bro. I, it works the way it works, and that's the way it works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> by the way, so we don't part. get stu- sued by FAO Schwartz, which I think is out of business at this point. I think that's, they're slowly making a comeback. That's not a true story. That is not a true story. If I would you love chose... it if they sued us. If they sued us, that'd be fantastic. I think, I think it would be worth the press. Would, but... It would be worth yeah. the press. I mean, we'd be I... famous. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and then just the story in the New York Post of FAO Shores suing Jeff Taylor because he said it stood for four adults only. That's pretty damn Stick funny. around later. I'm going to tell you the genesis of Toys R Us. And All boy, right. is it interesting. <laughs> I'm sure it is interesting. <laughs> that giraffe well, definitely comes into the story. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does, Jeff. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for your stories. We like stories. So, uh, to follow up on one of the stories from last episode, uh, on the last episode of Michael Bryan Show, uh, Mike talked about a bike being stuck in his girlfriend's uh, hallway that someone left there for three days. It was there for a fourth and a fifth day, and then finally, uh my lady friend and I were walking down and I said, Oh wait, I gotta go grab something. And I grabbed a paper towel and there was, which made it even better, a red Sharpie. And I just wrote, please move. And then I, I stuck it to the, to the handle brake and like, I put it through the handle brake. So it would be there. And then get this Jeff, who you told me to put it outside and leave it outside for someone to steal it. It was just moved the next day. Yeah, but here's the thing is that you didn't follow up with these people, which I did. I made the effort. I came up there. I knocked on doors. I found out who the bike belonged to. And when Mm -hmm. I got to the right door, 
they were packed up in like boxes and i'm like what are you doing and they said we are we have some kind of psycho that wants us to move out of the building so we're moving out of the building we're afraid <laughs> it's like I, I i had my bike outside and and it said please move and, and i said yeah but it said please and they were like but it seemed passive aggressive I, it right. made me fear for my life so we're, we're in the fact that it was in blood red <laughs> sharpie yeah no it was and then i, I mean while we're walking down my girlfriend didn't see me do it but i she she had to have known i did it because she went downstairs to put the laundry in and when she came back up it was there all of a sudden like where do you think that came from and she was just like oh i wonder where that note came from I'm like i don't know and i just played stupid and she really thought i didn't put it there and then we're walking off the subway and actually the girl who lives on the first floor who uh we were having the drunken discussion about the bike was coming off the subway and she said, did you see the person who put the note there? And I was like, I put the note every there. time I look in the mirror, baby, I yeah. see the person who put the I note put there. The note there. <laughs> and she was like, you're a hero. And then then my lady friend was like, you know, he doesn't even live here, technically. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn right. I don't live here. Well, but I'll I'm, tell you what, if there's a petition that's put out, that girl's signing for you to be the uh, owner of that apartment. Yeah, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the president of Del Boca Vista in, <laughs> in the North End before you know it. I'm, I'm a mover and shaker, baby. I make things happen. I'm really proud myself with that that's great Brady. i i'm uh, disappointed though because really if i had owned that bike uh i there would have been a note on the bike that said no the next day and then if that happened i was thinking if that happened i would have put it out i would have put it outside which would have been the right move the people could have stayed living there and not had to move they said they were moving to somewhere in uh new hampshire so unfortunately Jeff, you're all talking about fake stories today but they are believable i you are giving off the tone of believability i will tell you it's that. one of my few talents but the, i would still just the gall of that person to just think like yeah i can just leave my bike here yeah i don't understand if it was for like the afternoon or something like they're running errands or something and they're like oh i don't i forgot my bike lock so i'll just leave it in here for now and then uh, just the fact that the equivalent thinks they could do that the equivalent to it is if there were five parking i know this is impossible where you are but if there were five parking spaces in front of an apartment building and someone parked their car like in on the line in the middle of two parking spaces yeah yes exactly it's it's the equivalent of that it's it's it was not a cool move it's just you're a jerk. You're yeah. a jerk face. Whoever did that in my lady friend's apartment. But uh, I had an I've had an an exciting week uh, this past weekend. I went down to Austin, Texas for for the big, the epic Louisiana Monroe Warhawks against the Texas Longhorns. Got a sideline prep pass thanks to uh, Coach Terry Bowden. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I used to live in Austin, Texas, so I had a lot of friends there. They were all happy, and by happy, I mean, why are you here? Um, energy from my friends who I usually see once or twice a year. So it was good seeing everybody. But the game, I don't know if anyone's ever been on the sideline for a game, uh, especially with that magnitude. of The stadium holds over 100,000. There was eighty to 90,000 people there. But it's still, when you're on the field in those first like quarters and a half of the game when it was actually a game, like you can't hear – you're, you can't hear yourself talking to the person, you know, the person talking to you, you talking to the person, you can't hear anything. All you hear is just loud cheers. I I ran out on the field with the team and got booed at by by 80 to 90,000 people. It was, uh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I wish that the game did not end in a, I think it was 54 to 10 uh, atmosphere, uh, score, whatever the word is. I'm really bad with words. And... Um, but it was a really awesome experience. I got to go, I, which the weirdest thing about this going in the locker room before the game, 
Um, they have snacks there, which I understand they have snacks. They're Division One athletes. It's hot in Austin, Texas, but that night it wasn't that hot. But they have like they had nuts and like salty things and granola bars and stuff like that. But then they had Sour Patch Kids, and I was just like, "F yeah, man!" So I had like two packs of Sour Patch Kids. That's and, for the uh, offensive and defensive linemen, dude. What? But for what? Why would they have Sour Patch Kids? What is that? They taste good, and they yeah, they, they do. They, they 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 well, actually, Sour Patch Kids probably uh, contain would, some level of salt, and the reason why everything is salty is because it helps you retain water. Water, and, yeah. yeah. So, from, so from cramping. I I assume the Sour Patch Kids play that role for the guys that won't eat nuts. So have we officially uh, with this with this uh, uh, discovery by me? Are Sour Patch Kids now good for you? Is that no, no, no? They're definitely uh, the least healthy option that's that's available under those circumstances. But if you're if you've got a kid that needs to stay hydrated and he refuses to eat nuts or crackers or anything like that, mm-hmm. then you got to give him an option, and it's Sour Patch Kids. I guess so. I don't know. Don't Eat either. your nuts, man. To be honest those with you, kids... this is all speculation on my part. Anyway. I know. I you, no once idea. again, you're just killing this. You sound, you're like my, my friend Dan Childs is like that, where he just says stuff, and I'm like, I believe you. I don't even know. You just sound like it's believable. You're a really good BSer, Jeff. I, I should I'm be really a politician. You, Vote you for should me. be a politician. I will. No, yeah. I absolutely will. Asshole for Congress, 2028. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like, hey, the, the, what usually wins, you'll probably win. I'm in You'll probably win. Sure. Uh, we had we had the uh, election, the, the primaries here in Boston, and there was someone running for auditor, which I don't even know what auditor is, but they had a commercial. I do. If you want me TV. to explain it to you. Yes. So and then the auditor, why they had a commercial. Well, the, honestly, the reason they had a commercial is because someone dumped a bunch of money into their campaign and you have to spend that money. That's why there was a commercial. Ah, and sense. the auditor is the person who goes through all of the budgets and audits them to make sure that there are no shenanigans in the budget. It's a pointless uh, position because every budget that gets put out by any government, small, large, medium, has all, has the all kinds of shenanigans in it. But yeah, that's what the auditor does. He audits things. Good for her. Good for her. I'm, I'm proud of her. Um, I think she won, too, so that commercial worked. So yeah, that's good. It, it, I'll tell you what. If you're in a race for auditor and you have a commercial, you're probably going to win because I voted, I voted nobody for else's yeah. name recognition. And <laughs> right. auditor yeah, I was has like, no I saw this person on TV during the local news. I'll vote for you for auditor. The, I don't even know what it is. The funny thing is that if somebody had a commercial and was running for auditor for me, I'd vote for the other person because clearly there's some lobbying interest dumping money into that person. That that's not true. who I want. That is true. That is a good point. And also, you're just like, well, you you'll do anything with this money. So, yeah. 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 Huh? Hey, yeah. I, it was cool that you were able to go down to Austin for that game with uh, Louisiana Monroe and te- and Austin and the University of Texas. It's easy for me to say. But uh, it was cool that you were able to book our first major guest of the uh, of the show. You want to introduce him? Yeah, Bob, who sells waters at the University of Texas. It was yeah, you're gonna big. upset you're gonna upset him, but here he is right here on the phone. Hey boys, how you doing? Glad that's a really make, that's a really bad impersonation, Jeff. Able, glad I was able to make it on your show. So what's going you, you on? You should have started with all right, all right, all right. The Mike but, O'Brien show. Well, if I start if I start with all right, all right, all right, I would I, it's almost the equivalent of trying to do uh an impersonation and go on. All right, hey, all right, all um, right. It's me, Matthew McConaughey. Hey, it's me, Matthew <laughs> Is that what he sounds like? I don't know. 
Twenty six. I don't yes. know. Yes. Well, I, I never them saw high school him. Girls. I was on the hunt for him. Older, they stay the they same, stay the same age. age. Yeah, man. Um, he's he's got that laid back kind of raspy country voice. He's from Texas, you know. He's now he's a he's a low talker, so he'd be, he'd say, "Hey, Mike, Mike O'Brien, I'm glad I was able to make it on your show." Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> It's just I, like who, who 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 you got else in there, Dana Carvey? Uh, for your hey, I'm not good at impersonations, but you said you were going to get Matthew McConaughey on the show. You epically failed, so I thought I'd cover I, you. I didn't even see him. I'm I, really upset now, especially at the uh, like I since I was technically before a you member, go into that. Hold on, give you a second yeah. here. Let me do my Bill Clinton. Hey, Mike. It's me. That's the same as Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Pretty close. Hey, this is Bill I Clinton. Have sexual relations with that woman. That's <laughs> it's, right. It's me, didn't. Bill Clinton. It's me, Bill Clinton. Hey guys, it's me, Bill. Clinton. Hi, I'm Bill Clinton. This is me doing <laughs> me being Bill Clinton. Yeah, but good job, Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Um, Saturday Night Live will be calling you. I'm sure they will not. So they will not. But so the the thing about I technically was a member of the Louisiana Monroe. I had a Louisiana Monroe uh, alumni shirt on, not football or anything. It said alumni. And I just felt like you couldn't at, at the very beginning when I went there, I was walking around the field and I did a lap and took a picture with Bevo and stuff. But then once people started coming out on the field, I felt weird being on their sideline. But I wanted to go over to the corner because there's a bunch of old Texas players there. And that's where McConaughey would be. But I just felt like I couldn't go over to that side because all of the Texas players were out like warming up and stuff like that. So I felt really weird if I were to do that. It's it stuns me that you feel that way because I personally have no issue at all. It's all about acting as though you're supposed to be supposed there. to be there. And yeah. I'm really good at that. But if I didn't have if I had a Texas shirt on, which yeah. I should have let me let I me I, it takes me there. two seconds to, to figure out the reason. If someone goes, what are you doing over here? Say, hey, uh, I'm just looking around, you know, uh, the transfer portal and everything. I want to see if any of these starters <laughs> are going to be, you know, if they go into the transfer portal, I want to know what I'm looking at when we try to go after them. Yeah, yeah, that's that that will help too. I'm sure that's 100% illegal, but so it's not. You're allowed to go. Sports. You're you're allowed to go look look at the kids for if they enter the transfer portal. You want to know some background, and you know, I'm I'm sure there are a ton of kids that are transferring from from schools like Texas to schools like Louisiana Monroe. It's I'm in sure the area. Are. You could have yeah. totally pulled it off. I'm and if sure they I said, could've. "Hey, we're gonna get we're gonna go over to the Louisiana Man Monroe coach and make sure that you're actually supposed to be here," you don't think Terry would have said, "Yeah, he's over there checking out kids for me." I don't know what he would have said. He he was like, he would be like, you could stand. The, the, the biggest thing that I almost like just said, screw it, and went up to the stands was I got introduced to some of the, the Monroe coaches, and one of them coached at UMass, so we're talking about just the area of, of Western Massachusetts and whatnot, and I drove over in a car with a couple of the guys, so a couple of the guys knew me, but a lot of people didn't. They are like, literally, I would be standing there, and I'd hear people be like, who the hell is that guy? Who the hell is that guy? Nobody cared and who you were. Terry's Terry, but they were like, why is he here? And so Because there was a make a wish. But I yeah, exactly. It was my make a wish. All right. I drove over with the team. I ran out with the, through the tunnel. I'm 41 years old. I was <laughs> I, I, it was my dream to to run out with the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks football team in yeah. front of 80 to 90,000 people. <laughs> but I had the pass. So if I have the pass. Who cares? But so all Terry did was just like, just don't be in the middle. I don't want to see you coming up to me and telling me what plays to run because you have $50 on the game. And like, just, just, I don't want to. Basically, it was just like, I just don't, I don't want to see you. Is yes. basically, he's like, stay on the, stay Easy. around the 30. You know how you don't do that? 
Yeah. You go over into the corner where the Texas people are. Texas people Terry are won't see the... you over there. <laughs> That's a great idea. You're right. No, you are right with that. So I'm standing on a 30, and there's like the, if anyone's played high school football, 7th, 8th grade football, there's the line you're not allowed to go past, you know? Yeah. So I was at first, I was like right on that line. And then someone from Texas who was on the sideline, who was like the sideline ambassador for the stadium or whatever. It was the was stadium like, auditor. Yeah, stadium monitor. There you go. Yeah, he won. He had a commercial. He was great. And he was just like, I literally had one foot over the line. He was like, hey, man, make sure you have your foot on the inside of the line. I was like, all right, sure. And then I have my then I'm on the inside of the thing. And then someone guy, some guy comes up and he's like, hey, make sure you're on the other side of the line. So I was like, okay. So I go on the other side of the line. And then another guy comes up and he's like, hey, you're actually supposed to be around the third. You know, I was like, you can't stand here, stand here. Don't stand there, stand there. And I'm just like, it was just like the first two quarters was just nonstop of just, no, be here, be here, be here. And then some guy came up to me. He was like the the head of, he was like the head trainer or something. Yeah. And he was just like, who who are you? And I was just like, I'm Mike O'Brien. I'm interviewing for head trainer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm Mike O'Brien. Nice to meet you. And and I just like kind of stood there and he shook my hand. He's like, I'm so-and-so. And And I was like, great, man. Nice to meet you. Can you explain the the line to me? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tell me. And then he told me I couldn't stand there to stand somewhere. So I was like, that was at the point there. I was just like, dude, this is, I'm done here. Oh, oh, if the head trade, this is, this is the difference between you and me. And this is why you have Terry Bowden's phone number still. And I don't have it. Well, let me tell you what I would have done with the head (laughs) trainer. I would have been like, um, listen, buddy, I'm here as a personal guest of Coach Terry Bowden, who uh, I believe you work for. I'll stand where I want to stand. Thank you very much. Well, I didn't say the the last part you said, but I did say because he, he finally he was just like, why? Why are you? Why are you here? And he said it in like a in a get off of here. But I immediately show him like in a who the hell are you? I show him my pass like I have a pass. I'm like, I'm friends with Terry. I'm just here. He said I could be on the sideline. I'm on the sideline. He goes, well, I'm friends with Terry. And I almost said, you know, Terry can have more than one friend, you know. How long <laughs> have you been friends with Terry? Because yeah. I hate to break this to you. I've been friends with Terry since 2001. So then that's so then he pulls that out. I've been friends with Terry since he coached at Samford. And I'm like, cool. I've been friends with Terry. We did a talk show together. He's like, you're doing a talk show here? I was like, no, we're not doing I'm just here watching the game Bro, and meeting up with the- There's a guy like, over there with a cramp. Go yeah, fix it. Like, go <laughs> give him some pickle juice or something. Like, but he but then he like, I don't know if he went and and said something to Terry real quick, but he came back and then he was very nice. Yes. And he was a nice guy. Yes. But it was so it was at the point where I'm just like, Dude, why do you and it was one of those things too like you know when someone is like not like the story of my life and we'll get into that in a second too with my next story but when you're not you just like upgrade your seats you buy the poor people's seats you sit in the rich people's seats and you're sitting there and someone's just like hey those aren't that and then they get an usher and be like check their seats and you're like why do you care why yes. do you care you know like to this the, the the guy i was just i wanted to be like why do you even care even if I just snuck on, somehow found this on the ground and, and wore it, why do you care? You know, like, not like relax, chief. I'm just standing here watching the, 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 the game. Okay. Enjoying myself, having an afternoon, drinking waters, and just eating, eating Sour Patch Kids. Just let me be, you know? 
I'm trying to stay hydrated. You're the trainer. Explain to me yeah. why there are Sour Patch Kids in there. I need yeah. to know. Now, I I now that you have been big timed, explain yeah. to me why there are Sour why Patch are there Kids sour in there. Patch it doesn't make sense to me. There's nuts. There's raisins. There's good, healthy stuff. And then there's Sour Patch Kids. Will you kids. please break down the science of why those are necessary? Thank you very much. <laughs> sour Patch Kids just have a commercial as seen in the locker room at Louisiana Monroe. That's Look a funny thing to me. Athletes. I mean, I don't want I don't want to knock Louisiana Monroe. I love their head coach, but you're at the University of Texas Stadium. Who is the Louisiana Monroe trainer to come up to you and ask you who you are? Thank you, Jeff. You're very welcome. Not to mention, did he have a a Louisiana Monroe alumni shirt on? What if you were the What if you were the son of the main booster? You look like the the main booster. This is why I said the son of. This is why I said the son of. (laughs) You don't look like a main booster. Okay, you look like the degenerate son of a main booster. (laughs) Jeff, I could be a booster that says, "Do you know who my dad is?" Okay, Uh, yes, I could be that booster. I, I, I immediately guy. moved past you might be the main booster to you're the son of the main booster because and you got it you... like I'm the main booster <laughs> yeah. but I'm the figurehead of the main booster yeah you represent him. Monroe you represent absolutely him. absolutely yeah that's what I win the lottery and just donate a bunch of money to the Louisiana Monroe football program. if you were an, uh, actually an alumnus that deserved that shirt you probably would donate a small you can chunk. just buy the shirt I didn't need to show any degree to buy that shirt online which can be bought at the uh, Louisiana Monroe uh, uh, bookstore online you yeah just to be honest you you would be donating your money to U- UMass I would do it. I would no. If I a you couple have, it would be months the Michael ago, Brian Hall, a couple months ago, the both schools I never attended, never went to a class at UMass, never, never went to a class, never been in Monroe, Louisiana. But if I won the the Powerball with over a billion dollars, my whole goal would be in four years to have the national championship game be the University of Massachusetts versus Louisiana Monroe, and I would make that happen. I would put in easily twenty million dollars into making sure. That the best athletes Ryan, go to those. Ryan Reynolds, schools. Ryan Reynolds, and Rob McElhenney called. They are suing you for stealing their idea. Yeah, but this is with Division One athletics, not a not a Division Four minor future league. Future Premier League team. It's not going to be a. Premier it's a, they're 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 already in the the they're in the spoiler alert. I'm only three episodes in. Well, Jeff. then you already know by episode three that they are capable of making it to they're the Premier League. They're capable of making it. Yeah, they're in the lowest form of relegation for the Premier League, so they are in line to eventually, if they win three championships in a row, they will be one of the teams that moves into the Premier League. That will take over twenty years. Maybe. I mean, it seems like it's only taking two for them to they last year was their first year. This is their second year and they're winning those games like five to nothing, four to one. They're killing it right now. Right now, Jeff, according to episode three, they're losing and everyone is upset. This is we're talking about. Welcome to Wrexham. That's, that's last that's year. Really that's good... last season. You're watching. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain TV shows for you. But really they quickly. haven't. No, it's the newest. There's only one season. of. It. I know, but it's last year. It's last season. This season right. will be next season of Rex. All right. Well, I'm not paying attention to their soccer season. I am. I have the yet. updates on my phone. I get them all, all the time. I'm a huge. The funny thing is, is that Ryan Reynolds is one of my favorite actors. He's a cool dude. But I, I know. I, 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 think that, I think that he is one of the coolest people in Hollywood. But I'm a huge fan of Rob McElhenney. It's Always Sunny <laughs> in Philadelphia is one of my, it's my favorite television show of all time. 
yeah it's i enjoy i enjoy that show i kind of got out of it See, uh, i, I love the first season i love the first season and then i thought danny devito ended up ruining the show oh yeah but that's a, everybody, funny. everybody thinks that they're like yeah that show got real worse after danny devito got on what's wrong with you man I didn't like the the episode where they the prom dates were was my favorite might be one of my favorite episodes of any uh, TV the, show. The underage it's drinking, amazing. Where they're all yeah, they're all they're all upset <laughs> that they didn't get chosen to be prom king and everything like that, and they're thirty five years old. That was hilarious. Anyways, uh, on to um, away from our TV watching habits and on to the last. Uh, uh, th- well, did anything else really happen before I wrap up this Austin trip? Yeah, I had the had the 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 conversation with the the head trainer on the sidelines. Didn't see Matthew McConaughey. Just went to one thing about Austin, Texas, where I was staying, which I always knew. Did you go see the bats? I did not, but I walked over the bat bridge. I've okay. seen the bats before. All I've right, seen right, the bats right, before. Right. I lived right down the street from. Oh, that, right, actually. you lived in Austin. My bad. I lived in Austin for a year, and um. One thing about Austin, Texas is just like we mentioned this. If you're sober and you live in Austin, Texas, what do you do? There's nothing to do in Austin, Texas other than drink. Where I was staying, I was staying in an Airbnb. It might have been it might have been right on the outskirts. It was like literally where all the frat houses were. I wanted to go to a frat party and I but I was getting back too late. Anyways, um there where I was was there was a bar in this big parking lot, a bar next to another bar behind another bar yep. there were three bars where you could just walk around and go to all three but probably owned by all the same guys but uh there's just bars everywhere you look there's a bar across from this bar across it's like dunkin donuts in boston it's ridiculous that there's just i lo- love me some bars don't get me wrong but there are just bars upon bars upon bars and all you do is drink and it's awesome i mean i'm a big fan of drinking. i got it i got someone here that can give you the answer hey mike you know what i'm sober and i spent a lot of time in austin and you know what we do we hunt the homeless yeah, well, that's another thing. Holy crap. I went down 6th Street. I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, and he talks about how the homeless, the last time the homeless in Austin isn't that bad of a, an issue. Now, by not bad of an issue, it's it's they're not all over the place. Like in L.A., they're literally outside of your house under everything. Everywhere you look is tents in Los Angeles. In Austin, it's not like that. But on 6th Street, where his comedy club's going to be, in Maine, 6th Street is like, the bourbon street of Austin, Texas. And there's dirty six, which is all like the, the dirt bars. And then there's fancy six, which is the uh, other, the other side of Congress street. And the, there's just homeless people everywhere, yeah. everywhere. I was there back in August of last year and we woke up at five in the morning to gunshots. I was talking, I went to Stubbs and I was in line and I was wearing a Sullivan's tap shirt, the bar here in Boston. And a guy came up to me and said he was from Boston and they're staying at the Driscoll. And that uh, someone this morning got stabbed in front of the dress, which is like the nicest hotel, but it's right on sixth street there. And it's just like, there's just homeless people in that area, literally just sleeping in the middle of the street. People just walk right by them. And it's just like, and they're aggressive in Boston. They're just like, you're like, Hey Bob, what's going on, buddy. And they're just like, yeah, no, you have breakfast with money. them. It turns yeah, out. I have breakfast with them. They're hey, my friends. Hey, hey, but Mike, in Austin, hey, Mike, they hey, end up hey, hitting Mike. you with lacrosse sticks. Hey, hey, Mike, it's me, Matthew McConaughey. Again. It's Matthew McConaughey. Uh, let's uh, talk to the inner Matthew McConaughey here. Are you really sober, Matthew McConaughey, or is this just uh, another uh, Jeff Taylor story uh, that uh, you uh, act uh, like you know, but you really have no idea what you're talking about? It works for the show, Mike. I mean, if I said I was a dirty alcoholic, I might get sued for the show. But what I wanted to say is we started hunting the homeless because the homeless were hunting us. They stabbed is, somebody in front of the Driscoll, and we said it's time to turn the tables on these guys. That is true, yeah. That Matthew yeah, but, McConaughey is absolutely terrible. I should never do it again. 
again. No, I yeah, but we could make it a thing of your inner Matthew. What would Matthew McConaughey say? What and would then that, he wouldn't what, say? What he wouldn't say that. Do <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't say that because he would sound like an an a hole. I have to think um, that with the about with the amount of success that Matthew McConaughey is having, he's probably sober. I would. I don't. I mean, he freaking broke into someone's house and played bongos one night. That's because he's fun, right? Yeah, right. That, that has nothing to do with with any kind yeah. of drug or alcohol. Dude, come on, <laughs> right. man. Come on. Exactly. And, and finally, in the life and times of Mike O'Brien, I've been a wheeler and dealer. Last night, uh, or taping this, what is today? Friday. So Thursday night, we, uh, my 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 roommate and I attended the Aerosmith at Fenway tour, the fiftieth anniversary which should have happened years ago and uh it never happened because of covid and steven tyler went back to rehab and now it's the 50th anniversary of uh aerosmith it's the 52nd anniversary of aerosmith and they had a cool shirt because there's a famous uh apartment i forgot what it is like 1325 commonwealth ave in alston was the apartment that they lived in and they they recorded dream on or wrote it in in that apartment and they always go back there's pictures of steven tyler standing outside of it taking this picture and stuff uh yesterday before the show but uh it's just amazing the show was fine they didn't play more than 90 songs that i like they play one thing i hate about concerts especially this like aerosmith every time they play could be the last concert they ever did because steven tyler could just drop dead at any moment i mean and- let's be honest though queen went out and got a uh, American Idol winner and they kept going yeah, so. but that's not Queen I don't care what you say it's not it's not Queen you it's, a, it's, yeah. it's not Queen so they could get another they have a new drummer it's not the same drummer but you can get a new drummer you, even Joe Perry Joe Perry leaving or dying would stink but they could just get Joe Perry's kid or something like that and then it would still be fine ooh, ooh, ooh. but Steven Tyler could die at any any moment and they're just they still have the here's Joe Perry's two or three songs and then here's these songs that we you never heard of and let's play and then everyone goes to the bathroom and gets their beers it's like you play your 20 20 greatest hits boom 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 when I go see Aerosmith I should never be like I've never heard this song before did that happen yeah last they, night they, they played songs you didn't know they like either knew or didn't know or like i might have heard that one yeah it'd be like the b-side off of their dream on or you know like just songs oh, like if you, just you don't never... know if you don't know songs off of toys in the attic then th- you can't say that you want to hear all of the aerosmith songs like well i want to hear i want to have hear enough hits amazing. you're right i want to hear i want to play you know play I the hits as david yeah crying they sang crying you. they did crying Jamie's but they didn't do like gun. i don't like janie's got a gun but they should have done the three alicia silverstone songs and they only did one of them i believe how dare they but i was kind of drunk so i don't really remember and too. alicia but, silverstone didn't hold up so i feel like did one she not? alicia silverstone i don't know i hate to dis- besmirch her on this show but i mean you're I, just full of bs today I, <laughs> I have to imagine that she didn't hold up or we'd still be seeing her and things but she was smoking hot, so she could have holed up. Held but up. so I paid $40. What's for... your favorite Alicia Silverstone movie? It's Clueless. That's it. That's the list. That's her only movie. No, Blast from the Past is mine. Oh, Brandon Fraser, right? Yeah, that's is a that great it? movie. Yep. Mm, I have to rewatch that. All right, buddy. Um, but I paid $40 for a ticket when the tickets are really, they jumped up. I, I pay, bought it at the right time, the lowest, the lowest price. And then I sat as close in the red seats at Fenway as you could to the stage and it was even more at like a corner 
because Fenway is just awful. If you're sitting in the stands of Fenway, you can't, it's, you're just, you might as well be in Maine. You're so far away yeah. from everything. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the buying the poor people seats and sitting in the rich people seats. So did you? I, I sat because you couldn't get on, you couldn't get in on the, the, the field. Yes. So, so I, yes, I did get to richer people seats. You sat yes. in really good baseball game seats. I sat in really good baseball game seats. Yeah, all right. I did. Yeah. Let me yep. ask you a question, uh, because as we've spoken before, the world definitely revolves around me, and there are things that prove it to me all the time. Did Joe Perry whip out a guitar that looked like it was made out of plastic and was filled with lights, and the lights changed? Yes. Interestingly, today, I was hanging out with my buddy, and he was like, I got to show you this picture of a guitar that my friend made, and it's, go- it's getting ready to get really, really big because Joe Perry is playing it for the first time at Fenway Park. And I said, that actually already happened last night because yeah. my friend was there. And he was like, yeah. So he showed me the guy that made the guitar playing the guitar. And he said, the light board can, is what controls it. Like the lighting guy makes yeah. all the changes on the guitar and everything. And I was like, that is so crazy because I'm going to talk to the guy that went to the show about this today. The world revolves around me. Mike. It does. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey. Well, I, I don't like <laughs> to take that much credit for what happens to my good friend Jeff Taylor over here, but that's what I say. Right. That's what I, what I say about Jeff Taylor. I keep getting older. He stays with the world revolving around him. That is true. And you get older. You get way older, Jeff. You get old and gross. You're like 67 years old now. Well, this was the uh, an interesting first segment of us rambling. It went it went in directions I did not see coming. I did not know uh, Matthew McConaughey would be joining us today, but uh, we have other people joining us today. We have the great Bob France. Wait uh, until you hear my Bob France impression. It I'm is sure. incredible. It, is it, it him just yelling at us? Matthew for being McConaughey too loud? pales in comparison to my Bob France impression. Well, we have the real Bob France, not the Bob France impersonation. That's what you think. Uh, yeah, who knows? And um, Bob France, talk show host in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. He was the uh, He's the reason why Jeff and I are here today. He was the first host in Orlando, Florida, where we all produced. And I interned, Jeff produced, and I interned uh, his show. He's a, uh, a really good guy. We talk about a, a lot of things about Cleveland and even get into, he, he, he hosted this like, this uh, America's most wanted in Cleveland thing that I found really interesting. We talked about that as well, too. Uh, also, we sadly do not have a guest for the news today because I screwed up and I, with all my travels and drinking, I didn't realize. We'll get what into the this during were. the news segment, so stick so around. We don't, yeah, we don't have a, a guest for the news. But uh, coming up next, we have the great Bob France. Welcome back to the Mike O'Brien show with Jeff Taylor. Our guest uh, today is the wonderful and incomparable. He is the uh, host of, of, of shows on Salem Radio in Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Bob France. Bob, how are you doing today? It's a pleasure to see you once again. Well, it is uh, certainly a pleasure to talk to you, to both of you guys. And I want to commend you, man. I mean, you put a ton of thought into the title of this podcast. I mean, that's amazing. The Mike O'Brien Show. How long did it take you to think of that? That's a lot of creativity you got on display there. Well, it was either the Michael B. Show, the Michael Patrick O'Brien Show, the Mike and Jeff Show. There was a lot of, but then I said, you know, 
who everyone wants to listen to at all times because he never stops talking is the Mike O'Brien and just put show <laughs> there and and there we go and and now you now know, I'm a show. You know how much money you owe Ohio State University for stealing the V and putting it in your <laughs> they, they they copyrighted that man. They literally own that. You can't be doing that. Well, when the University of Massachusetts goes into Toledo this weekend, it destroys <laughs> your rockets or whatever you are nowadays i don't even know what you are then then the university of massachusetts will be the proper the listen bob yeah. you know me you know my ego needs a, a large entryway to get in <laughs> talk about the weirdness of humility that i have to allow this to be called the mike o'brien show <laughs> I, it doesn't How make any sense get your name? it doesn't so make any guys- sense so when you guys did your little like brainstorming session, we just write down every idea for name. It was like a cocktail napkin, right? No, all the room you had for this, Michael Bryan. That's it. We're done. This yeah, was basically couldn't even fit Jeff on there anywhere. This was a uh, an arm twisting behind the back negotiation, Bob. For a year, I said to him, I was like, "Dude, you're a comedian in Boston. You're funny. You're my guy. We should do a podcast." And he was like, "Oh, I don't want. To. I don't want to. I don't want to." So I had to beg him and beg him and beg him. I was in Boston. I said, dude, it's time to do the podcast. And he said, cool. I had to send him a microphone. I had to allow the name to be the Mike O'Brien show. I mean, he really, really ham fisted me into the into all of these things. Well, he worked worked in a prison from what I understand. He's used to that. I I worked at a prison. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> that that did not happen. I just watched TNT and watched the Celtics. That's all I did in jail. Oh, but come on, you had to set a lot, set aside some time to watch the occasional prison rape. I mean, you know, I, sadly, sad, sad. I mean, not put sadly, your feet up, eating donuts, watching. Yeah, the- thankfully, that that never happened, and uh, it would be sad if that. I don't know what you're talking about, but yes. Um, anyways, uh, let's back away from prison rape and uh, <laughs> get typically, into the typically, I've heard that this week. And I think that's a good segue into the Cleveland Browns, Time actually. Out. And uh, Did you really yeah. just go from rape to the Cleveland Browns. You just want to start talking about Deshaun Watson. Is that really what your plan was? There? I mean, you no, are that was, that's a good segue, but I, I don't think he raped anyone. I, I honestly, my personal feeling is that, uh, Maybe one masseuse got a little, you got a little too handsy with, but then everybody jumped on the bandwagon. So I give the guy a little bit of a pass, but uh, I, I'm more interested in the, the football aspect of it, where Cleveland had a kid who has the makings of a guy. He's a little small, but he has the makings of a guy that's got that winner attitude and could have been, he was already the face of the franchise, but they went all in on deciding to bring in Deshaun Watson, who was available and uh, move on from Baker, and Baker now has got the starting position in Carolina. What do you think is going to happen in Cleveland, first of all? Well, I'll just say this. Um, Nobody in Cleveland wants to hear this, although I've said it on Facebook message boards from Cleveland fans. I hope Baker Mayfield throws seven touchdowns and 500 yards on Sunday. I do. Um, They mistreated him full of crap with what they did to him. They judged him based on his injury last season. Um, in which there was a lot of chaos, in which Odell Beckham and his dad conspired to make Baker look like he's trying to freeze out the boy, uh, you know, his boy. You know, dad actually put, sent there to the media saying, look how open he is. How come Baker's not throwing it to him? And the answer is because he's running the wrong route and because he's running things that he wasn't supposed to route, uh, run. And Baker isn't looking for him to go in freelance. Um, he's re- doing his reads. Read one might be Odell and Odell isn't in the read or the route he's supposed to be doing in that read. So he had to check to the second to the third and so forth. 
there was so much crap that happened to Baker Mayfield. Everybody forgot that literally he was the best quarterback they had since Bernie Kosar was, was jettisoned in 93, four, three. Um, Literally, the very best that they had had, he not only took them to the playoffs, breaking a huge drought, they won a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, for crying out loud. He had them within a bad call of beating the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And everybody was all like, my gosh, we've got our guy. And then he comes in there, has a, he admitted he didn't play great, but I don't know about you, just because it isn't your throwing shoulder that is that is broken it still affects you when you throw with your right hand your, your left shoulder is in a sling and, and and everything else and and in pain and some people say well then why did he play why did he play i don't know as a trainer did they clear him to play yeah and did the coach say we want you to play yeah well then don't blame him for playing hurt which is what most people would see as a uh, you know as a as a positive characteristic you know, within, in, an, in an era, in a time in which so many players are so willing to collect checks for doing nothing and they're, easy, they're, they're so quick to, you know, to back out. This guy said, I want to go. I want to lead my team. Let's go. And blamed him for it. So he was completely mistreated. And for them to, Jeff, you said, you know, Deshaun Watson was available. He was, but he wasn't. Because he said he would, you know, he, he had a no trade clause, obviously. And when first... The idea of going to Cleveland was brought up instantaneous. Nope, not waving it to go there. It took a $200 million guaranteed offer, guaranteed, never, ever, uh, you know, fully guaranteed offer of that much money for him to say, okay, I'll waive the no trade clause. It's not like he wanted to come to Cleveland. I don't think he wants to be in Cleveland right now. And the fact that he comes here with all of the baggage that he does now can't play for 11 weeks. The Browns lost. What did they give up in that? What did they give up in that in terms of picks? I don't even remember. I don't remember either, but I know it was more than what he was worth. Yeah, it's a boatload of picks. The guaranteed contract, the picks, it's not, it's like worst. It was the worst thing I think. It was the bronziest Browns move ever. Not to mention they pulled the trigger on it way earlier than they needed to do it because it was like, it was one of those things if he just goes to some other place and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, it's a, it is a messed up story. No one knows. He paid off a bunch of people. When you're paying off that many people, you did something bad. You know, you did something bad. He 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 gets suspended for what is it now 10 games and and they even set up the contract we're like all right we'll pay you a million dollars this year so you like don't lose any money of this contract and it's which i think that's kind of messed up too like the whole situation as you said it's the most like the cleveland browns did the most cleveland browns things at every step of the way not to mention and they claim their due diligence no they didn't do it closely we know what what happened we know everything Okay, we know that these are some misunderstandings and it's all going to be fine. We feel comfortable locking in 230 mil on this guy. They didn't do their homework. They a week later, asking. it got worse. Literally a week later, there's more yeah. stories out in, in all these women that said we're not backing down and this is going to be whatever. All this money, give us more money. But it's still, it's just a messed up situation. I, I Patriots fan, I would never want Deshaun Watson on my team. After. I, don't, just, I don't want him either. And I'll yeah. tell you this, is honestly and truly, I loved him coming out of Clemson. He was I great. I loved him, and he is a phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback. Under any other circumstances, I would give him $200 million if he was, you know, if he had no, you know, character issues. But this dude was trolling Instagram to find people to give him massages because that's how he got off. 
That was his thing. It wasn't massotherapy, which the teams provide. With massotherapists, they provide them along with acupuncturists and chiropractic uh, care. It's all there if he wanted it. He got off in getting people to give him massages. And I don't know if you heard her thing the judge said when, when she was making the decision, you know, about the predatory nature of this. You know, if he wants to be have to be most people aren't naked for their massages they at least have on their underwear but oftentimes they'll they'll have a towel over them and they provide those at the the real therapy centers he brought his own and they were like the size of a washcloth that he would just (laughs) lay over his watch and oh gee that's not going to fall out of the way as he pops it you know pops one and then you know hey i need some work over there i mean the dude did he did everything that they said he did i don't care if they're trolling for money or not I don't buy any of his excuses. He's just, he, that's how he got off is by going to, these weren't even all professional masseuses. It's just that, hey, will you do massages? Okay, let's meet up. I'll pay you. Uh, and then he did his thing. And, uh, and uh, it was basically like Craigslist really ads. Upset. It was basically yeah. Craigslist ads from what I understand. But also yeah. it's, it's, it's not even the dude, fact of even if everything was on the up and up and everyone agreed to everything that was involved, it was, of your Deshaun Watson and you're putting yourself in these situations of leaving emails and leaving calls and you it's proof that you were with these people and it's just like what are you thinking man like I just wouldn't want I, I wouldn't want that like I have a guy who's who's worth millions upon millions of dollars putting himself in these situations to get to get uh to strung out and get get hit up for 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 lawsuits and things like that it's just well, it's just, it poor just decision to your judgment yeah. And if your quarterback, who is the leader of your team in every situation, every quarterback is the face of the franchise. I don't care if it's Mitch Trubisky or who it is. The quarterback is the face of the franchise. And if that's the judgment he exhibits in his personal life, is that going to be the guy I want leading and making decisions uh, for my franchise for the next, I don't know how long that $230 million deal is for, or how many years it is. But is that who I want? And I'm sorry. The answer is no. As much as I love the guy as a player, I, it's just, this, is a, this, is a, this is a bad thing. And like you said, halfway through the year, it was apparent that Baker Mayfield wasn't coming back. The guy, not only did he have a messed up shoulder, he had a messed foot, too. And I'm not saying that he's like the number one quarterback and they could possibly find someone better, but they really they really couldn't. You know, like he he was fine as how he was unless they, I mean, got Deshaun Watson, who wasn't up for all these lawsuits. I would rather have Deshaun Watson than Baker Mayfield. Don't get me wrong. If it's talent for talent, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, the other thing they did, too, is they kept dropping all these lines in, in social media and to reporters of, you know, we really want an adult in the room. We want an adult at the quarterback position. We want somebody who's not a, you know, juvenile hothead who, you know, carries himself the way Baker Mayfield did. So they traded in the character of Baker Mayfield, who was really excitable and really, you know, doesn't take any crap. And, t- and that's not adult enough. But the guy that's out there trolling the internet for running into Chinatown looking for Robin Tuts. That's the guy that is going to command the respect of all the teammates in the, you know, in the, in the huddle and in the locker room, right? Like I said, brownsiest move ever. So the Brown, the Browns, I believe it, it was six picks, three first rounders, a, a third rounder and two fourth rounders over a three year period. And uh, they obviously gave up the money. So the Browns are going to be the Browns going forward. Carolina has Jacoby, Jacoby, (laughs) Jacoby. Hey, I witnessed him. I witnessed him beat the Texans. Could shut the Texans out, and he threw seven passes. He ran for like a hundred yards. It was an amazing game. 
I think uh, I'm like 16 and 24 or something like that as a starter. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Jacoby Brissett. He's a good backup in the league. He's so, great. Yeah, for a guy. And if that's the guy they ride for the first 11 games, you know, this Super Bowl caliber roster, and they do have a lot of talent, but the Super Bowl caliber roster, roster as they like to, they like to see it, uh, is, is going to have a completely wasted season. Mm-hmm. You're in Ohio, and uh, there's another team in Ohio. What do you think they're going to look like this year? Good. Yeah? Yeah, I do. You think, yeah. You think the kid's healthy? Well, you know, I don't know if he's healthy right off the start, but they're not going to push him. I think they'll rest him. I mean, they, they have a good enough roster, obviously, to carry uh, themselves. They don't have to win all of the games that he misses if he misses games. They just need to be smart and bring him back slowly. And I just love that kid's moxie. I love his whole story, man. I love the whole story. You know, this is a guy who was supposed to be the next man up. He was supposed to be the next man up, not Dwayne Haskins. He has a broken hand when um, – uh, who went down before him? Uh, who was the, the quarterback yeah. before him? Uh, Dwayne Haskins? No, no. The, who was before the starter, Dwayne Haskins? The, the, uh, the starter who, who um, was injured. Um, I, it's, I, I've lost my – JT Barrett, JT Barrett. So, oh, so, JT Barrett, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Burrow is the next man up, but but when Barrett goes down, um, Burrow's got a broken hand, and if, you know, I think he broke in practice. So it goes to Haskins, and then Haskins plays out of his mind and does. And and I give nothing against Dwayne Haskins, rest his soul, nothing against him at all. But you know he, he was not the next man up; it was Burrow. So Burrow simply by injury loses the job. Haskins now has you know to stay because he played so well national championship game and everything else and so burrow transfers and uh, goes down and wins a national title in the high the greatest every, college football season ever basically. setting every record exactly and you know what he is just a very very i don't know he's 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 every team's you know guy i mean you know what he looks like you know in a, in a weird kind of way um you know he's he's the new brady yeah he's i agree with that wholeheartedly He's not a physical, imposing specimen. He's never going to beat anybody in a 40 like Brady couldn't, but he is just a just follow me. We got this. He's never rattled uh, in his very young career so far. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to win seven Super Bowls, but you understand the point. There's a there's a comparison you make, and that's what I see in him. So, uh, yeah, Cincinnati's in a really good position, and it's amazing how quickly they got there. All it took was, what, 18 years for them to fire uh, uh, Marvin uh, Lewis yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, right. to figure out that he wasn't a good enough coach to win with that team. Although, and really, it, I, I'll make the argument that if they'd kept Marvin Lewis, I still they think they would have been the same team because the leaders, Joe Burrows, <laughs> And it's proof in LSU, he leaves, the wheels completely fall off at LSU. Yeah, I agree with half of that. Uh, uh, you know, Burrow would have would have made up for a lot of what Marvin Lewis did, but I think Marvin Lewis, I mean, his 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 voice, I think, certainly got tired, uh, you know, and I think all of his failures for so many years, I don't think even Burrow could would have been enough to, to overcome that. So, I mean, I think they did a, a really great job turning that thing around. And I wouldn't, you know, they got to be a favorite in the AFC, right, along with, you know, probably yeah. the Bills, uh, probably, um, you know, the Chiefs again. Um you know, those are probably the top three or four teams there. So you don't uh, have faith in Miami? <laughs> uh, well, apparently Tyreek Hill does. He thinks uh, to uh, to uh, uh, Tungalayavoa, where they get the N in in the way that his name spelled, I don't know. It drives me nuts because I would call him Tagavailoa, but it, but they put that N in there and it doesn't even exist. But Tua throws the best ball. What, what did Hill say when he went down there? Better than Patrick Mahomes. Throws the best <laughs> ball I've ever seen in my life. I'm sure oh he my does. God, I mean, 
who do you think that is? Deshaun Watson there? Are you working for something or what? I don't, I, I, I mean, you know what it was? He was like, man, he throws the best ball in Miami. Patrick Mahomes may be okay in Kansas City, but he throws the best ball in Miami, and I want to be in Miami. I'm tired yeah. of Kansas City, Missouri. Well, you know what? Does um, does Dan Marino still live in Miami? Because if he does, then I take issue with the idea that Tua throws the best ball in Miami. Well, I think Dan, Dan probably moved up the coast a little bit because it gets a little better as you move up the coast a bit, so he might be in Lauderdale or or one yeah, of those. Well, his age is. He's probably in a home in Lauderdale. That's true. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. But, but uh, real quick, back to the uh, back to the Bengals thing. One thing I wanted to ask you was, I know that the Browns Steelers is the big rivalry, but when the Bengals just all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, is in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, what was, were the Browns just like? What the f? You know, like how did why did why did this happen to them when we're they're both in the same situation for so long? Bengals are more of a five hundred team under Marvin Lewis than the. I mean, the Browns are just got awful the entire time but uh the Bengals at least would make the playoffs every couple of years but uh the fact that the Bengals did it in the browns just really i have no chance it, what, what was the reaction to that were you guys bitter or were you just like just like ah good for them um there was a mixture of the people that i talked to now and i'm gonna be 100 honest with you all the stuff that i'm talking to you about and you guys were asking me about i'm giving you very tangential kind of opinions from Good a word. very very distant perimeter perspective because i have really pulled myself away from pro sports like back when you guys and i knew each other and worked together in 2003 um you know what i mean i was i lived it i don't anymore uh i do i do news and politics now and i've deliberately pulled myself away from a lot of the pro cause of what they've done to ruin pro sports they're dragging you know woke uh politics into the sports that i used to use to escape from politics yeah you know and the nfl doing the crap that they have done uh the nba which is even worse and and even major league baseball i have really pulled myself back very very far away from the professional leagues because of their commit commitment to woke politics and stuff that i think is just destroying sports uh, and it's destroyed it for me. So I can tell you, to answer your question, now that I've said all of that, the people that I interact with, you know, on on Facebook and on social media more more than anything else, because I don't even talk radio anymore. Uh, the people I, I I saw probably 50 50, you know, in, in the Cleveland area, I saw 50 50 people saying, don't let the Bengals win. They can't beat us to a Super Bowl, you know, to winning a Super Bowl. Obviously, they've been to one. They can't win one before us. Uh, they're a division rival. We hate them. They're a state rival. Don't let it do it. And other people saying the exact opposite. You know what, man, that's Ohio still Ohio. It's not our team, but why the hell should we root for the LA Rams? Uh, we hope the Bengals win. It speaks well of the division, the difficulty and everything else. So I literally saw about half and half. It, it true was a diehard Browns fans. True diehard Browns fans are like, you know what? Screw that. I hope they get blown out a hundred to nothing. But there are a lot of fans that are just like, you know what, man, Ohio's better than nothing. AFC North better than nothing. Go Bengals. Have a good time. Re really cool story too. So it was, it was easy to root for the story beyond yeah. the team you know that team that seemed to be going nowhere and then all of a sudden get a quarterback everything's changed and they're fun to watch yep and so i could see why 
Mike, if you don't mind. It was a cool story. On, it was a cool story on the other side, though, too, with Stafford. Yeah. Suffering yeah, yeah, yeah. his entire career with the worst organization in pro football, not named one, uh, which is Detroit. Uh, his whole career, you know, not being able to get anything done with Megatron for nine years. I mean, all of the crap they went through with terrible coach, terrible picks and everything else. So for him to actually get a shot and, and uh, you know, a career redemption or career whatever you want to call it. And Cooper Cup, too. Such an amazing story, too. Yeah. I mean, I liked a lot of that. I think either one of those, I would have been like, man, that's a really cool Super Bowl story right there. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of that was a really fun Super Bowl to watch. You're right for both of those reasons. I'd be remiss, yeah. though, Mike, if we didn't jump back. So Mike and I know Bob from back in our ESPN 1080 days, and we've spoken about it quite a bit on the show in the beginning, and we're, we're, we're going to continue to do so because it's where we met. It's how I got started in radio. It's how Mike O'Brien first started uh, honing his funny. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on it, Bob, because when, I, when we spoke about it, you know, in the very beginning, which we, you and I were a part of it first, and then Mike hanging out at the ESPN club, begging for an internship for a company that wasn't set up to have interns. We literally, <laughs> nobody ever, I said, I said in an earlier show, nobody ever got any credit for their internships. And we had Don, intern number three, that I think was collecting AARP. <laughs> he was a member of AARP and an intern at 1080. Great guy, love him. It was funny, he's younger than I am now. He was then. But uh, we had something so cool there in, in your era it was a bunch of go hard kids that didn't know any better. We were basically doing what we thought was fun. We had a guy in you who was a like I loved your talk show. I loved your energy. You got a great voice. It was fun to work around. What do you remember that as? Did you do you see did, do you see that the man held us down the same way I did? If they would have oh, taken the reins, if they would have taken the reins off of us and allowed us to keep going with that thing. I think we could have done a really, there they could be a documentary. A where people could listen. Well, I don't even think <laughs> that. we didn't necessarily even need that though. We were doing good enough without it. Listen, um, I'm going to say this. Um, and it won't be easy to say because you guys were freaking amazing. You are just an incredibly talented technical and creative producer. Buckner was just all kind of funny and was so cool about do people on your podcast know you as Buckner ever or no, no I've no, said it a couple times no, accidentally no but we we nicknamed our interns and Buckner being uh he's been forgiven in Boston now but back then that was an insult to a kid from Boston so we gave him and Bob I would gave screw him the up all the time Before, obviously I screwed up all the time so then they would just <laughs> call me Buckner yeah yeah uh, you know and we would make fun of you know the Bucky Dent thing and everything else this is all of course before the Red Sox you know exercised the ghost of Ruth and everything else and you know and ended the curse but Anyway, um, you guys were were tr tremendous, and it's the only thing that made it survivable for me because I hated it. I hated every bit of it. Not the show and not what we put on the radio, not what we entertained with. Um, it was just a really weird time in my life. I had a newborn daughter, about a year old daughter, and my wife was pregnant with my second child, who's my son. Now in college, uh, which is insane to think. Yeah, about. <laughs> uh, and and it's too bad this is only an audio podcast because people can see, uh, for my son who plays football at the University of Toledo, and they're going to kick Ohio State's freaking ass next week. Uh, <laughs> but then get past UMass I'll, first. I'll root, yeah, I'll, 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 I State. will be rooting for Toledo against Ohio State because I root against anyone who plays Ohio State. Well, that's that's nice to know. Um, 
anyway, you know, so my wife was pregnant. We didn't know anybody there in Central Florida. Um, we were promised, I was promised some things that never materialized that I had to deal with. Um, I feel like we had a program director who had no earthly idea how to program a radio station. Um, and, and I feel like uh, to phrase it the way you just did, we were kept down by, by the man, if you will, in a number of ways, there were personality clashes. There were things that were done that just, um, it was a miserable experience. I've been in radio for 25 years and that was probably my worst radio year, but it was because of a number of those things. Again, when you got a newborn baby, and you're on the job all the time and traveling some of that time too. And the wife is in a city that she's never been before. And she's got nobody there to help her with her newborn baby, including her husband who isn't around much. And she's pregnant with number two. Um, it was a strain, man. It was a very big strain on me personally. I think that carried into professionally added up to those other things that I just said. It was a very, very difficult time for me. Well, made it survivable, like I said, was honest to God. It was you and you and Daniel. It was fun to to debate and argue time too, uh, and and discuss sports with. He was a true pro. Um, but I mean, seriously, when we were in the zone and on the air and doing our thing, it was great fun. But when we weren't, it was a very very trying time for me. Uh, and I don't remember fondly. And what's really interesting is when I left there, uh, where I landed was uh, about three months later is in Toledo, Ohio, <laughs> where my son now plays football. And I actually used to go to those games and cover those games uh, in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, so that's kind of the full circle nature of things. But, but we had a hell of a lot of fun. I think we did a lot of very entertaining radio that people probably liked. It's just that when that mic was turned off, man, it was a very rough time. Yeah, we could all agree on that, man. I, I'm glad that you're doing well. Bob and I uh, run into each other in uh, D.C. for the last uh, few years, and we're getting ready to yep. again in a in about a week and a half. And I look very much forward. Maybe we can get uh, have a chance to have some dinner or something, man. It, it's it's really great to see you, and it's really great to talk gotta, to you. And Mike, you got to come down, man. We'll it's do my best. Flight. I, mean, I will do my best. Yeah, I mean, it would be. I'm not kidding. Jeff and I will definitely get together. you got to come down and you know, we'll be there midweek. You can't have anything going on, uh, right? You don't have a life, do you? I, I mean, kind of, but not really. <laughs> Somewhat, not really. No, no nothing that no one depends on me for anything. Well, I'll there say you that go. Well, we we are depending on you. <laughs> we are depending on you. You need to be there seriously. We'll have a really good time. It'll be will, a lot of fun. I will do my it. best to make it back. Yeah. Uh, real real quick, one thing we, we you kind of mentioned, and I remembered this when you went to Ohio. <clears> you started like hosting in America's most wanted, but it was Ohio's most wanted. And I watched a couple shows of it and you were saying you actually, you actually, because of the show captured like three or four guys for murder. Like that's insane. Yeah. It was a really neat thing. When I uh, was started doing radio again in Cleveland, um, a guy contacted me who was kind of an independent television producer. He was trying to do his own TV program and he had, he was very tight with some members of the Cleveland uh, FBI uh, members of the FBI and including police. And there was some talk about wanting to do a program in which uh, they would uh, reenact old cold cases, old, cold, old, you know, cold cases where the, the, you know, the crimes are 10, 15 years old or whatever. Nobody was ever caught, but there were some guys who needed to be caught. Right. Yeah. And so they wanted to, they wanted to reenact these things and then, you know, kind of narrate and remind people what the story was and ask people if they have any tips to call in and give the tips to see if they can, you know, kind of restart 
uh, the trail, if you will, the fire on the trail. And um, they needed somebody to host it. They contacted me because on the radio, I'm a, a very, uh, you know, law and order, pro-law enforcement kind of guy. And uh, they said, how would you feel about hosting the show? And they told me what it was. And I said, let's do it. And um, that show aired for about three years. It originally was called Warrant Unit. Then it was changed to Crime Stoppers Case Files. In addition to a whole bunch of wanted fugitives being captured for a lot of lesser crimes, but still crimes that they were wanted on, felonies, they didn't do misdemeanors, all felonies. Yeah. But in addition to running a reel of these individuals and telling everybody what they did, what they were last seen, where, blah, 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 they got a whole bunch of lesser. There were four, in three years, four murderers who had gotten away with it. They were home free. They were, they were, they were clear. And because of what we did with some tremendous directors and actors and writers and editors, and I was just the narrator, because we did, four criminals were caught and brought to justice and are in prison now because of what that show did. Um, and that is one of the most one of the most amazing things I think I've ever had happen in my career. I don't want to say, phrase it like that. I did. I didn't do it. I just, I, you know, kind of made the appeal to the people and, and, and tried to, uh, you know, to, to drive them to do the right thing if they knew anything. And man, like I said, four murderers, their lives are cool, man. I got away with it. Nope. Not anymore because of that show. So, um, it was a huge success. Uh, we won a bunch of Emmys. I have two Emmys for, for hosting it, which was really kind of cool. Um, uh, Unfortunately, they ran out of money. Can you believe something as successful and as yeah. important as that couldn't draw enough sponsorships to stay on the air? Unfortunately, the I do. Who started it, do you? Yeah. The producer who started it poured his own personal savings into that because he wanted to grow it. And so he invested everything he had. And when, you know, there were some sponsors, but just not enough to keep the, you know, to keep the cameras running, to keep everything going. So it died, unfortunately, after three years. But like I said, a lot of good was done because of that. And it's, uh, it's a, uh, it's that I'm, that is, I'm a little upset that you never approached me about being an actor to recreate one of the scenes. I would love to be an actor in a recreation of, of some sort of a crime stopper uh, show, America's Most Wanted. Those, cause those are the best like situations, but worst actors ever and i think i would kill that horrible actor of like give me all your money and like point a gun at someone or something like that i think well, in, in my defense after we parted ways in central florida and i didn't hear from you for a few years after that i had assumed you yourself in the boston harbor and it was like, I, 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 know, I know where to find you i just think of your careers in the toilet and you know, what was i to know he did worse <laughs> than that bobby with the buffalo I went to Buffalo. That is true. I did spend four months in Buffalo. <laughs> whole four. That's where my that's where my radio sports radio dreams died in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> exactly. And I became a concierge at a hotel instead. <laughs> oh well, that, I was gonna say that's probably better than your concierge job in the uh, prison. That you yeah. Had, right? No. Hey, I would hand out toilet paper and get. people. As a jail guard, as you're a concierge to them, yeah. Oh my gosh! Make it, make know, everyone happy. That's all you can do in life, Bob. With with the experiences you've had professionally, like career wise, <clears throat> between the radio things and the easily forty seven jobs in my forty one years on this on this. You should, Why are you not Dave Chappelle? <laughs> you have not, so much material. You should be absolutely having your own Netflix special by this time next year. I'll do I'll do my best with that pep talk, Bob. I it will happen. And I, appreciate, I, I can answer that question for you right now. It's self-confidence. Dave Chappelle has some. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. Well, and you know what? Seriously, Mike, I kid you not. And I say this 
calling you Buckner, which is just from, from the years gone by. I've never seen you on stage. Uh, but I, I saw the dress rehearsal during during those you know that year plus that we were down there. You you are an incredibly funny guy, and if that was the dress rehearsal to your stand up career and your com- comedy career, uh, I know the best is still in front of you, dude. I absolutely believe that. So well, I, I, I want to see you on a stage somewhere. I thank you for the pep talks last intervention between Jeff and Bob that I just got about everything, but uh, I, I hope hopefully it will uh, go on to bigger and better things. And obviously you're on to bigger and better things in Toledo, Ohio. And it was great talking to you today, Cleveland, Bob. The he's in Cleveland. Come on. Cleveland. Oh, sorry to insult you. Let me fix it. Listen, this because I worked in Toledo for years so, yeah. and I love that place, but I am in Cleveland. Now. Do you live next to the Christmas story house? Uh, no, that's actually in, in, uh, uh, in another state. It was, Cle- it, was, it was Cleveland street. No, no, Cleveland I went street. to, then I went to, they must've made one. In Cleveland. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In, in the movie, the setting was in outside of Chicago. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Street in Chicago, but yes, the home, the actual house that was used is, is, is in, in Cleveland. Is Cleveland. I went to it when I went to Cleveland. And I've never yeah. been there. I've never been there. Yeah. It's, you know? I mean, it's one of those things where you're like, cool. Yeah, Sean. you kind of do. I mean, <laughs> I'll get there probably when I get down to the prison in Mansfield, which is where Shawshank Redemption was made. I don't know was if you really? heard that. Hey, listen, yeah. lots of the Mansfield Reformatory is where they did that movie, and that's open for tours, just like the uh, the uh, Christmas Story house is. No way! Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, in, we're gonna go down in Cleveland if it's not between the Thirsty Parrot and the Jack Casino. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that's those are your those are your beginning and end points. Yep. Yeah, and then the baseball field in between. Right, right, right. That's on the way. So you stop in for an inning or two before you go and uh, lose at blackjack. Absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, Bob, thank you so much for joining us. It was great, great talking to you and uh, have you on again, actually, in the future. Thanks for the invitation, guys. It hey. was an awful lot of fun. I appreciate it. Welcome back to the Michael Bryan Show. Thank you, Bob France. Wonderful interview. Good friend of Jeff and I. It was good to, to catch up with uh, Bob, but uh, we are on to the news. Sadly, we do not have a guest for the news. It was supposed to be my friend Doug Gurton, stand-up comedian from Worcester, Massachusetts, and a wonderful gentleman, but uh, I'm not Doug's bright. off the hook here, and the reason why is because on Wednesday, I sat down in the studio and I set everything up and I got it all going, and it's uh, 1 o'clock, the, uh, affirm- uh, the agreed-upon time, and uh, 105 hit, so I uh, send Mike a message that says, where you at? And uh, he responds uh, not long after with, I'm on a tour, that's tomorrow. So I look back at my messages and it says, yesterday, can you do tomorrow at 1 p.m.? So I said, okay, I've not lost my mind here. So I say back to him, I said, well, you said yesterday that tomorrow we, we would be doing it at 1 p.m. So yesterday's tomorrow is today, not Thursday. Our usual time, which uh, can we do it at 1, would have been fine. But I, I assume the same thing happened with Dan. Uh, Doug. Doug. His name is Doug. Doug. Uh, Doug, yes, it did. I said on Tuesday, let's do it tomorrow at 6 and tomorrow, which I thought was Thursday. See, because I've been traveling so much. I Thursday's usually my day off. I just had no concept of what the days were. And I was just like, well, I'm thinking it's 
tomorrow is Thursday. So I just kept saying tomorrow and tomorrow is really Wednesday. Wow. For you people who are stuck in one place all the time, you don't understand how you lose your days when you travel a lot. I've been a lot of time traveling. So I'm kind of a big deal. Are... Not only traveling, drinking as well, too. So I've been burning yeah, a lot so of it's brain not the traveling cells. at all. It's not the traveling at all. It was a three straight day bender in Austin, Texas is what that really will do uh, it. That will erase really... a Monday and add a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So we have no guests, just Jeff and I, but uh, we will really, I mean, there's only one news story I think we got to talk about here. And that is of course the queen of England uh, thoughts and prayers are with England during this time. Uh, 96 years old. Now when she died, this is just whenever anyone mentions the Queen of England, I think Reggie Jackson. That's the number one thing. Absolutely. I, think about. I mean, he comes to mind every time because he's guilty. He is. He he actually said that. Did you see his tweet? Yes. Yes. No, I he pulled that out, out of tweet my, saying, I pulled that I'm, right out of my ass. I'm I'm innocent. I'm innocent there whatever. It wasn't me. And uh, but Reggie Jackson for those are uh, the naked gun, of course, one of the uh, it's one of those movies, too where I don't want to rewatch it oh, because I'm afraid. Oh, that's the explanation. Who told you? Because I was confused by it. What? I didn't understand why he tweeted that, but now I understand. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. I've seen The Naked so Gun a million times. And it's is it in the first one or the second one? It's in the first one. Yeah, It's okay. the first one, Must Kill the Queen. He's yes. actually signed. I was Googling uh, Reggie Jackson, The Naked Gun. He has signed autographs that say must kill the queen reggie jackson and i want that more than anything in this life is i want to meet reggie jackson i want him to sign something for me and have it say must kill the queen i can't i don't think he'll do it anymore i maybe <laughs> maybe you can get a must kill the king um but yes so that's the number one thing i, I thought of i made a facebook post and actually Instagram now post. i'm sorry can I, i'm sorry to interrupt terrible radio but can you go to a paparazzi member in uh in france and ask if they'll sign something that says must kill the queen because theoretically they, now they did diana they did. would have yeah. been queen which okay now when people are acting like um after you interrupt me i forgot what my rant was but um people are acting about how they're sad that i don't care if it was my dad or mom that died at 96 i would be like good for them you know like wow what a 96 that's crazy i'm more of like a a celebration of a life than i am like i can't believe she died which also like you don't know her you have no idea who this person is she i've never even heard her speak have you ever heard the queen of england speak uh yeah never heard her speak that's hilarious heard her speak a lot today and actually they uh, had the speech of her when she was, uh, is it abdicated is what they call it when you become the queen, the actual abdication no ceremony. Idea. And no if, idea. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think she might have been 24 years old when she became queen because, oh, actually, you know what? I think abdicated is what her uncle did. So her uncle uh, was supposed to become king and he wanted to marry a divorcee from the right. United States, but because of the fact that they are very like the monarchy is is very much entwined with religion, that was a not a that was against the rules. So he abdicated his uh, heir to the throne, and then Prince Albert became the heir to the throne, and then very quickly became king after that happened, and then he quickly passed away, and <laughs> the queen became she, Elizabeth became queen. <laughs> Wake up. Oh, 
Hey, oh, wow. Anyway, let me, let me, English history lesson. Let me Holy crap. Somebody Jeff. didn't know. <laughs> and then Reggie Jackson killed her. The, then Reggie uh, Jackson, thank you. Yada, yada, yada. Reggie Jackson <laughs> killed the queen. Yeah. Um, what, did it? O, did OJ Simpson save the queen from being killed by Reggie Jackson? Yes, he did. How yes, ironic. Yes, he did. I got it. See, I want to watch. That's what I was going to say. I want to watch The Naked Gun again. But I still think it's hilarious, and I just I'm afraid I'm gonna watch it, and I'm not gonna think it's as funny it's anymore. Gonna, and like, it's gonna uh, hold up, I promise you. And the reason why I think it's going to hold up is because I took forever to watch the scary movie movies. I watched mm-hmm. them literally less than a month ago, and uh, they're still funny. And I know that they can't even come close to touching the Naked Gun. Naked Gun's the funniest. Yeah. Well, no, so, airplane's the funniest. Airplane is the funniest, the funniest. movie. And my and my my favorite part of Airplane is a rarely even known part of airplane and that is in the very beginning when they're like going into the airport and the the camera's going in it says the white zone is for loading and unloading please and then uh, it's a man's voice and then a woman goes the red zone is for yeah. unloading <laughs> i'm not getting into this white zone red zone shit with you again today <laughs> <laughs> that I, did, I remember that, that uh, was really it, it makes me die it is great yeah but uh the queen like now they're gonna shut they're shutting down england which i mean i guess if joe biden died they so would anyway do that. the would queen becomes the queen and it's right in the sorry it's going back in the uh, geez, are we getting, are we, no we're, we're done with the history lesson of the queens and the kings and all that stuff which but i'm just saying now when past presidents have died they don't like shut. They're just like, oh, Richard Nixon died or whoever died. Gerald Ford died. Sad times. Um, but they don't shut. They're shutting everything down because the queen died. The which Premier I'm League just, is like, literally not playing any games. Not this playing any games. So do they do double headers now to make it up? I don't Can know. I don't, I don't think it matters. It, do, it doesn't matter because it's not a it's not a uh, league that takes into account how many wins and losses you have. It's points. So they points. can just everybody erases that um, that availability of points. It mm. may matchup wise be uh, detrimental to some teams better for others. But I don't know if they'll make those games up. I mean, they can because they are they're like the NFL. They play once, twice a week at most. So they could theoretically yeah. play three games in one week. But I will say this. The reason why I believe people are so uh, upset about this, even though they've never met the queen and they don't do it for president, so on and so forth, for almost everybody that is alive at this moment in time, there's only ever been one one monarch in England, and it's her. And not only was she the only monarch in England for the entire time, but... She was really, really good at it. You think about the weddings that happen. Like, how many women in your life don't go nuts when uh, Prince is getting married? Prince got Prince. The whole best part about Prince is he never got married. He just banged everything. Yeah, guys, girls. Yeah, they, that was the thems, best part of Prince. I, I mean, I guess so. The best part of Prince though was that he was like a four foot two, like half black, half Italian crazy guy that, that every woman would throw their panties on the stage at and dudes would be right behind them thinking yeah. if i were wearing panties they would be on that stage too you're right i love prince yeah prince is awesome yeah yeah well i guess that's really we've learned a lot about the queen of england we've learned a lot about prince this is what happens <laughs> when you don't have funny people come on for the news segment mike yeah, you end up with yeah. jeff's history lessons i guess we could talk to real quick just stories 
Uh, football is starting. The uh, Bills uh, uh, smacked the Rams last night. But with the upcoming season, Jeff, I don't know how long you've looked into this or if you have really at all. Um, what is your one team where you're like, this team's going to be good this year. They're going to make the playoffs and no one's going to see it coming. The Carolina Panthers. That's what I was. That's my pick. Is that everyone else's pick? I, I think thought that, it was I think that you that. think that you're the smartest guy in the room, and it turns out you're just a guy that hasn't been reading what everybody else. Damn is Damn it! I the, hate that. You uh, can't pick them. I my bad. My them, bad. Jeff. Hey, let me let me back off of it then. The Miami Dolphins. People <laughs> no, don't believe in them. Suck, man. People Dolphins don't believe in the do- in Tua Tagovailoa, and I am one of those people that don't believe in Tua Tagovailoa. But I feel like that team and the coaching staff is too good. They're going to uh, most likely uh, win the East, and uh, they're going to potentially be better than the Bills, who looked really good in their first game. Let me tell you this. The Rams are over. Von Miller not being on that defense clearly made a difference. And uh, I didn't watch a second of the game last night. Von Miller was, was instrumental. Von, Von Miller was instrumental in uh, the Rams not scoring a lot of points. And uh, Josh Allen did what Josh Allen did, does. Actually, uh, UCF alum Gabe Davis, uh, Gabe Davis, nuts Florida. last night. He he is uh, Stefan Diggs is obviously the best receiver in Buffalo, but Gabriel Davis is underrated. He may actually be if you haven't drafted for a fantasy league yet, which would be the weirdest thing ever. I uh, I assure you that if you take Gabriel Davis as a flyer, you will not be disappointed. It wouldn't need, that's not even a flyer, but that's yeah, he's draft him. He's good. He's good. Yeah, I, I like the Panthers and I like the Raiders. I'm a big, big Raiders believer this year. I'm really big into the Raiders. I think the Raiders are gonna do things. I think the Raiders are gonna suffer from the curse of Gruden. I don't think they're going to do great things because they they moved on from Johnny G and uh, you know. I, he sent he, bad emails, man. You can't have that. You can't have bad emails. I, you can't have someone uh, hacking into an email account to find your emails that was may be illegal and then uh, and then fire well, him. Well, I'll say I'll email. say this much: Dan Snyder still has a job. No, crap. John Gruden that is not, has, does not have a job. The the uh, the the I'm calling the Washington Football Team. The Washington Football Team is like the biggest joke of any organization in professional are sports. they or are they in the worst possible place that you could have an organization because they're literally being investigated by congress by proxy at this point like they, they, yeah. it's rare it's rare that the but it's that, like they're I'm sorry, their own fans are rooting again. You know, their own fans want them to lose. No one goes to the games. The stadium's in a worse spot. I was supposed to go as worse uh, place than, than where the Patriots play in Foxborough, which is 45 minutes away off of Route 1, which is two lanes in, two lanes out, only one way to get there. I had an opportunity to go to the Rammstein concert tonight, which I wanted to go to, which if you don't know, is like der a German Hass, metal band. They just light flames off everywhere. And I had a free ticket, but I'm like, I don't want to end up sitting in a parking lot for three hours when I have to work tomorrow at and Foxborough? get home at like one in the morning. Yeah, it's awful. It's Is there awful. A, so in, in, in Maryland, you can take a metro to the stadium. So there's at least the possibility of jumping on you, a train. You can take a train, but that train's a nightmare too. The train uh, the train to Maryland, train right, of- especially when you're leaving, when you're going because people go and tailgate and get there early and at different mm. times. But when you leave, it's pretty. It's not as bad as the Capitals or the Nationals, but it's pretty bad. But that team shouldn't be in. There should not be two football teams in Maryland. 
there needs to be a team. They need to move the team yeah. into the Virginia side, and hopefully they'll pull that off in the near future, and everything well, will be better. It needs to be in Washington, D.C. is where it needs to be. Well, I mean, but... if they only had a stadium, a place where they could – oh, wait, they do have a place they could put a stadium, but they'd have to stop the team. To play. Oh, wait, it's just the soccer team. Yes, you're right. They should be in Washington. Exactly, exactly. Well, folks, I think that's a good way to, to end this amazing show we had today. Of First, I'd like to thank our guest, uh, Matthew McConaughey, for joining us with – Jeff, I, uh, I don't know how we got him. That was amazing, Jeff. Thank you for your horrible impersonation. I went to Matthew the McCann. corner where all the Texas people were, and I was like, "Matt, Matty boy, Matty boy." Remember we have me? a new we have a new uh, uh, host too, lying Jeff Taylor. Or <laughs> 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 Jeff just talks Which very is funny confidently, and I believe him. Lion Mike O'Brien would be so much better, but I guess Lion Jeff Taylor is going to have to work. Lion Jeff Taylor, where he just says stuff and he sounds believable. He gave us a history lesson on on the Queen and how that all came about. Also, of course, uh, Bob France, thank you so much uh, for joining us, Bob France. It was uh, great to catch up with you, and hopefully we will cross paths again in the near future. And, of course, thank you all to you. Also, wait, real quick, as we're the, the Taiwan thing before oh geez we Let's just, before we wrap this up i know everybody was getting excited about the fact it was over over but and, I and i'm sent, sure people uh, are like oh man no please keep going none of none of our listeners which there are uh, quite a few of which thank you very much for listening we're very excited about our large listenership we are and we're not only numbers. are we getting a lot of listenership in the boston area which is to be expected it, it we ha- are now the number 52 most listened to sports co- podcast in taiwan and I would like to thank Seth Robinson for that. I finally Ironically, found out who it was. To be number 52 in Taiwan, you only need one guy. He said it was. it's him and his friend, I think, listened to it. And uh, Seth Robinson I went to high school with. He lives out there. And I would like to thank Seth for making as this an international soon program. as we have a t-shirt as soon as we have a t-shirt you're getting one Seth. i want to make him a shirt being the only listener in taiwan of the michael bryan show i want to i want to make him a shirt i'll make it with a, a sharpie who knows and making michael yeah. bryan great in taiwan again yeah that, yeah there you go that, that, that'll be a great one yeah yeah so once again thank you to bob france thank you seth robinson for listening to the show in taiwan and thank you to each and every one of you listening to the show please like subscribe tell your friends tell your enemies let's get uh, more listeners in taiwan if we can that would be great to be the number one most listened to sports podcast in all of taiwan that would be a big big treat for me and jeff the real mob show at gmail.com email us so thank you once again we love you all equally have a wonderful and glorious day and ta-ta for now